Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined by Rob Cassidy from a rainy Miami, Florida today. Rob, I, you, I heard you were out driving around with your emergency flashers on all day today. Yeah, that's what people do down here, man. I didn't realize it was like a bad thing until I heard you complain about it, actually. So I got down here. I'd never seen it before when it rains heavy. Uh, all, you know, the roses and Aloysiuses are driving around with their emergency flashers on. So I'm like, oh, this must be a Florida thing. So I started doing it uh, until you scolded me. And then I realized, all right, maybe. And then I've heard other people complain about it as well. So I've reformed. Yeah, that's the thing. I guess if you see you see people do it, you assume you're supposed to. But I actually had a friend uh, get a ticket one time for driving with them on and driving too slow. You got to imagine that getting a ticket in Florida for driving too slow on the highway. Yeah, no, that's. Um, but now you know I know better now, uh, and maybe we should get off the old people and weather and dive into the <laughs> football recruiting, which is what this podcast is for. Well, one person we have to talk about this week, it's finally over. The Demetrius Robertson saga ends after uh, two long months. It took two months after signing day. Oh, wait, no, three. Excuse me. I I shorted it. It's May. Uh, Signing day was in February. So we're almost almost, uh, a quarter of the way towards next signing day before Demetrius finally announces his decision. He commits to Cal, which... uh, I believe I had that, didn't I, Rob? I'm not sure if we ever had it on this podcast. but No, uh, you did. I mean, I you s- told me, I think, on this podcast and at least off of the air that you thought it would be Cal. Um, I like that he used a piece of art. I was really excited about that. But. <laughs> did you see that he had the painting upside down initially? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was really hoping that it was going to be like when, when he brought out like an easel with a piece of art that he was going to unveil. I was really hoping it was going to be like Mona Lisa with a college snapback on or like, you know, Boulevard of Broken Dreams with everybody in cow shirts <laughs> or something awesome. But uh, instead it was just a nice cow painting. Did Demetrius make that himself? Yeah, there was actually, uh, you know, he fancies himself to be some type of artist, and oh, I think the Ber- local me- yeah, the lo- Berkeley's going to love him. <laughs> the local media down there in uh, the Savannah area had done a couple uh, news stories about it, and I think uh, it was well received. So he decided to kind of take that and run with it. Now, for those who didn't see, he painted the <laughs> the cow logo, which <laughs> I don't know. I'm not an art critic, so I'm not going to I'm not going to judge the quality of the painting. I can tell you that. Uh, there were some spurned Georgia fans that really had a lot to say about the quality, the quality of the painting. Uh, and then, of course, he had it upside down, which just cracked me up. I didn't go. Actually, it was Greek Easter on Sunday, uh, so uh, I, I, I couldn't make her. But, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a real thing that happened. Look, if there's a place to make money selling street art, though, it's definitely Berkeley. You know, I don't know if you can do that with an NCAA rules, though. Is he allowed to busk for paintings? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think he can paint stuff and sell it because I think that'd be like capitalizing off his name or something, which that tells you all you need to know about uh, about the situation. But so I wanted to tell some behind the the scenes uh, talk here with Demetrius. A lot of times we know where these kids are going. We we did not know where he was going, uh, but I had had several conversations with his brother. I had read those. I'd read the texts here uh, on the show before. And uh, for some reason, I just, I, you know, he and I had talked several times. And he told me, and he, this is where you got to give uh, our boy Carlos credit. He told me the entire time that there was no way that he was going to Georgia. Uh, a lot of time, for a while it was, they weren't even going to take a visit to Georgia. Georgia had basically been eliminated. And he kept telling me all this stuff. But then 
of course, you know, we see the reporting from, from uh, you know, a lot of people, media outlets, including our Georgia site, talking about Georgia still in it. He took the official visit there, brought his whole family. Uh, he signed the papers with them. So uh, then... But, <laughs> And Two weeks ago, Georgia commits a secondary NCAA violation <laughs> by talking about him. Oh, correct? Not not just one. I mean, Kirby Smart. I, I'll be interested to see how that shakes out because there was so much discussion about it. Uh, but but you know, so Saturday I tried to find out what was going on, and I spoke with his other brother Mike, and I said, "Hey, you know, you guys told me you were going to tell me what was what, what's going to happen." And I said, "My," I told him, "I said my prediction is Cal," and then he wrote back and said. If only all the conditions there were were right. So then I started thinking it wasn't Cal, uh, but then I, based on something Carlos had told me, I knew it wasn't Georgia. So I panicked and called uh, our Notre Dame site and our Georgia Tech site and said, "You guys need to be ready just in case." And then, uh, lo and behold, it is Cal. The the, the it's a big time addition for them. No matter how, no matter which way you slice it. I mean, a lot of people now say he stinks and he's not good or whatever because <laughs> he's leaving, but. I think he fits well in the offense there, and you know Jacob Peeler, who is their uh, recruiter down here in the southeast. He actually does a good job in Mississippi. Uh, they had a guy that you really liked that went to Mississippi or went to Cal from Mississippi last year, yeah. and I think he he spearheaded it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's extra impressive when you think about the fact that you know Sonny Dykes was kind of dipping his toe into other water, looking maybe not completely looking for <laughs> no, jobs, no, no, no. but looking no. around. <laughs> No, 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 no. He had mentally moved on, remember? <laughs> oh, but forgot about that. <laughs> that uh, don't get me started again. <laughs> according to a, a source with direct knowledge of his thinking. Yeah, according uh, to, according to a been... shrink. Oh, what, what a dumb tweet that was. <laughs> and, you know, if that reporter listens to this, which I doubt he does, I'm sorry. I'm not calling you a dumb person, but that was a dumb thing to report. Hey, that reporter interviewed for your job and, uh, and blew it during the interview process. <laughs> That uh, does not shock me. <laughs> uh, so big shot to him, which I know he's not listening. He, he's got a way cooler job now. I think, uh, you know, talk about uh, failing up as we were talking about off the air earlier today. <laughs> he's done a great job of that. So big shot to him. Uh, so that wraps up our D-Rob talk for life now. I think uh, I think it was worth all the hassle. I think it stinks if you're a Georgia fan because you thought you were getting him, but unfortunately it just wasn't happening. I, he's going to be great I, at Cal. I mean, he fits in well there. He didn't become a bad player just because he waited three months after signing day, uh, especially at Cal, I think, where you know he can go in there and it's not like he's fighting a depth chart full of guys that have the same athletic talent as him. Uh, as long as he handles the adjustment moving across the country well, uh, you know, I think he'll be fine there and he'll also probably contribute to the art scene in Berkeley and everybody will be happy. Yeah, I think I think he'll do great there, and you know I like I like Demetrius uh, and the time we've I've spent around him. He's a nice kid. I think you would feel the same way. Uh, so so you know good good get for Cal, and more importantly, our Cal listeners uh, you know get to listen to this podcast to, to hear us talk about him. So uh, you know, being a West Coast guy myself, big shout to uh, the Berkeley faithful. So let's move on, Rob. We've got a lot of quarterback talk. This is actually a quarterback heavy episode. I want to jump right into it. And we'll kind of go through the dominoes one by one and kind of work it out together and see what we come up with. So we're going to start with LSU. Uh, They got a commitment this past week from Lowell Narcisse, who, by the way, was 
messaging me with me a mere minutes before he committed and didn't bother to mention, hey, I might commit, you know. In the next 37 was, seconds. Right. Bolt, you know, great job by him as I'm offering to give him a free flight to uh, Atlanta, all <laughs> expenses paid. And the only reason I can do that is because I report recruiting news. So um, <laughs> no reason he would want to tell me what he was going to do. But uh, this was something we've seen coming for a while now. I think actually one of the few predictions that I've gotten right from these prediction files we're doing. So he is going to LSU, and I think it can't be understated the role Damian Craig played in his recruitment. You know, he was uh, at Auburn when Narcisse was committed there. He moves on, and now uh, and now Narcisse follows him. So, you know, LSU's already got another quarterback in the class, but I think Narcisse is the guy that has the chance to to really be a, a special player down the line. He kind of fits the mold of Brandon Harris and some of the other guys they've recruited. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he develops. But, you know, first let's talk about that. LSU's got two quarterbacks committed. I think the other guy's from Mississippi, isn't he? Do you know? Yeah, he's a uh, he's a Mississippi kid that really is kind of not at one of the bigger Mississippi high schools. Uh, he's a little bit out of the way. Uh, you know, Miles Brennan. So you don't really get a chance to see a lot of him. He hasn't really comp- participated in camps this offseason. So, you know, we've only seen him on film. I think he's a fine player. I don't know that I'm as familiar with him as I maybe should be at this point. Hopefully I'll see him in a game this spring. But obviously I don't think that scares him off. I think that he definitely committed to LSU knowing that LSU was going to take Narcisse or another quarterback. I don't think LSU ever told Brennan, hey, you're the guy in this class. So, yeah, I don't think that he'll go looking elsewhere. Well, I think if we don't see the quarter, if we don't see uh, our boy Brennan sometime soon, we'll definitely see him in uh, December when we make our pilgrimage uh, to Mississippi for the Alabama Mississippi All Star Game. So I'm I think sure it's be... back. I think it's back in Alabama this year, but it's the same, pretty much Is the same it? state oh, anyway. Yeah, whatever. Our boy, big shout to Ron Ingram. Hey, Ron, <laughs> Ron and I have Ron and I have ironed it out over the last couple of years. I, dare I say, I'm actually on his good side. Yeah, friend of friend of the podcast, Ron Ingram, who one time kicked uh, Nick Kruger off the field at uh, at an event for Ron Ingram is for, for our listeners. Ron Ingram is the head of the Alabama High School Athletics Association. <laughs> I mean, he's he's got a, a lot of Dwight Schrute esque tendencies uh, for the way he runs his his, his ship. It's a tight so, ship with Ron. Yeah, so, you know, Nick is one of the nicest, Nick Kruger, one of the nicest people who gets along with everyone everywhere we go, and when he gets kicked off the field, uh, you know, you really know that Ron ain't, ain't messing around. You'll so, have to bring that up with uh, Kruger during the Texas Roundup. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do that on uh, Storytime. Nick and I are driving to Texas. We might record another uh, podcast while we're in the old uh, U-Haul later on this week. We haven't discussed it, but... Uh, so, so, so I like the addition of Narcisse. More importantly, he knows everyone in Louisiana, all those guys. I think LSU is going to have a huge class this year once again. So uh, that's a big addition. Now, that spins us into Auburn. They, they were basically out of the Narcisse running anyway. But the question is now, where do they go? It seems like they've zeroed in on Kellen Mond, who's committed to Baylor and who's down there at IMG Academy. Do you think there's any chance? I mean, he's from Texas originally. They they did with, they went through this last year with Malik Henry trying to trying to steal him away. Do you think they have any shot with Mond? I think, as is the case every year, I don't think that he's going to flip before the season. I think, depending on what happens on the field this fall, and this is goes for this is not unique to 2016. Uh, th- that could happen. Yeah, I, you know, if Baylor takes a couple steps back. Auburn 
maintains or makes a push at a division championship uh, in the SEC, then yeah, I mean, it becomes real attractive to play quarterback in the SEC in the state of Alabama. And I could see that, especially when you're playing your high school football in the Southeast now, easier access to Auburn, easier access to Mon for Auburn coaches. Uh, I, I don't think it's off the table at all. I think for sure you could see that happen. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who uh, you know who else they have on their list. It's it's kind of tough for Auburn. We've seen this the past few years with them kind of missing out on uh, on some guys. I mean, it's it's very interesting to see them. You know, they they got Woody Barrett last year, who was a guy that you and I were kind of split on. I think I I liked him a little bit more than you. He struggled at the Under Armour game. I think he finished he finished as a three star, didn't he? No, he finished as a four. I don't know. I don't right. think so. I think you. I, I think you dropped him after. Uh, <laughs> after the, I think after you the, dropped him after, after the, the Under, Under Armour game. After the Under Armour debacle. Um, yeah, and I'm sure the Auburn fans blamed it on me. So sure, which uh, is great, though. You know, you get a lot of that, and I appreciate that when people blame <laughs> my ranking changes on you. Uh, the Tennessee fans do it all the time, <laughs> which, which I just absolutely love, and I sit back and laugh at you for being a sucker. They also attribute things that Mike says. Uh, to me too, they'll be like, "Well, Woody said this," and I'm like, "I never said that." What are, What are you talking about? Like, I think the the Tennessee fans were accusing me of recommending Sean King's article or whatever, and I was like, I, "That doesn't sound like something I would ever say." Yeah, uh, well, you and Mike Farrell are very similar people, um, so I can understand how that confusion would get made. Woody Barrett was a three star. We did drop him after he was uh, <laughs> he was touch and go at the Under Armour game. So, so Mond is the guy there. So if you're Auburn fans, I think you're watching Kellen Mond. You're kind of following to see what happens with him. Uh, now, moving across the state to uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama got their quarterback this week. Yeah, they had to go, uh, they had to, go to an island to get him, but they got him. Yeah, all the way to Hawaii to get uh, Tua Tagovailoa. And he's, I think he, and he's a guy that you and I both had a chance to see at the Los Angeles Rivals camp, which we both covered. What did you think yeah, okay. about that take for Alabama? <laughs> do, I mean, do you... Here's the thing about him. I'm told he's exciting, uh, you know, so I think he's more of a playmaker, so maybe in a camp setting. I wasn't super impressed with him, especially considering where he is in the rankings, uh, which, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that that, that uh, he's not a good quarterback. I think he is a dual-threat guy, and uh, I think that's what Alabama is kind of gravitating towards. You saw their quarterback, I think uh, Jalen Hurts from Texas, looked really good in their spring game, running around, doing a lot of different things. Blake Barnett, obviously, is a guy who could run as well. So that might just be their new normal. If I'm Alabama, though, if I'm an Alabama fan, I'm still nervous because you rarely see guys from Hawaii go that far from home. I mean, a lot of them will settle in on the West Coast, maybe go to Utah, some of them even to, like, you know, Texas Tech, where they have a strong uh, community there as well. Uh, but, I mean, are, are, would you, are you nervous about him going all the way from Hawaii to, uh, to Alabama? Here's my thing with him. And it's sample size, obviously. We saw him at one camp for one day. Well, actually, two camps for two no, days. No, two camps for two, two camps days. for yeah. two days. So, who knows? I mean, this guy could be... Marcus Mariota, and I would not know because, you know, sample size. I'm not in charge of ranking to a Tagovailoa from Hawaii. That's not my region. I just happen to see him. So, you know, he could be great in a larger sample size. I, I just can't imagine that he is so impressive that there isn't a quarterback of at least comparable worth 
closer to Tuscaloosa, Alabama than having to go to Hawaii to get this guy. I, I It just seems like jumping over all those states with guys that I think are at least comparable maybe uh, to get him seems like you know a little bit of a risk and maybe a little unnecessary. I, I, who knows? What do I know, though? I mean, I'm not here to tell Nick Saban how to recruit, obviously. He's done pretty well for himself, but it just it, it made me scratch my head at least a little bit. Well, it's clear, you know, for he wasn't their number one target. I don't think anywhere close to it. I think based on the other guys they offered, uh, Jake Fromm, they had committed. Losing him really hurt. They tried to get in on Davis Mills. He went to Stanford. Uh, they talked to Bailey Hawkman, who went to Florida State. And then, of course, they offered Mac Jones, uh, who is committed to Kentucky. So we're talking, we're getting down the, the fourth or fifth option here. We and we've seen that happen in recent years. You and want to, and you want to talk about two different quarterbacks. You're going to offer Tagovailoa and Mac Jones. I mean, wow. I mean, those are dudes that like you can't get any more different than the way those two guys play. You know, Mac's not going to run away from you. Uh, he's, <laughs> I, I just were they just tossing out offers and seeing who bid, or did they get did Mac send them a message that hey, I'm not I'm sticking with Kentucky? Or I, man, I don't know what happened there, but it didn't really. It seemed like maybe a little bit of a panic, right? Yeah, it wasn't interesting to see where they offered it. They offered a flurry once they lost out on Fromm and lost out on Mills is where they seem to get on some other guys. So then that's my next question now. Should Kentucky fans be breathing a sigh of relief? Was this the big, you know, was this a, a big thing out of the way for them and Mac Jones? Is he locked in now? I know he was considering Arizona State also, uh, which we'll get to on our, we'll, we'll spin into our next topic. But is this, are Kentucky fans free and clear now? I think for now, I think... If Mac Jones's offer list ends the same as it is now, that he will go to Kentucky. Uh, so I think for now you breathe. But you know, what if Auburn swings and misses a few more times, and then they come knocking? I mean, there are other schools out there that could, or you know, somebody could flip and set off a chain of events where other offers end up landing at Mac's feet. But for now, uh, I think that I think that they'll be fine. I mean, I don't see Mac flipping to Arizona State at this juncture. I mean, he's already visited. If he was going to do that, I think he would have done it. Okay, so so you so you're confident on Max sticking with Kentucky right now. I think the only thing that could change that is maybe if something crazy happened at Florida or something like that. Yeah, if where, like, if his offer list stays the same, I think he will play quarterback at Kentucky. Okay, so take that. The Kentucky fans who were calling you an idiot for however however long maybe right after all. Um well, yeah. To be right. fair, to be fair, I am an idiot. Um, but you know, it's not like I was just wagering a guess on Mac Jones. You know, I, I don't just guess recklessly. You know, I had reason to believe that he was seriously looking around, uh, and I think that visit that he took to Kentucky really helped him out. I, I think he really did legitimately uh, see something on that visit that put him at ease. Where there was a point where it was, I think you and I both know for a fact that it was pretty touch and go between Kentucky and Mac. No, no, I totally, I totally agree with you there. Although, listen. It, if if Kentucky dressed me up in that construction outfit that made him wear it, he tweeted, that would have been it. I would have decommitted right on the spot because I, I told him, I sent him a text. I was like, you look like Joffrey from Game of Thrones if he was interning at a construction site. I mean, come on. The only <laughs> way that could have been brutal. better was if they would have handed him like a sledgehammer or something to hold over his shoulder Zoolander style. Yeah, geez, he looked. That was hilarious. But uh, so now that spins us into our next topic. You mentioned Arizona State. I want to know now. Last night, uh, Ryan Kelly, uh, who's been committed to Oregon forever, I think it seems like. I mean, close to a year. I can't. I, I don't know the exact date, but it seems like it's been a while now. He 
actually was there. He was their number one choice. Oregon passed over Tagovailoa. Didn't ever even offered him. Okay, uh, and he's from the same high school as Mariota, famously. Uh, they they've you know not looked at several other guys. They passed over Davis Mills, who went up there and threw for them, and probably would have committed had he had the opportunity. He's now going to Stanford. Now they lose Kelly, who's I would imagine is going to go to Arizona State, right? I mean, I, I didn't see. I didn't see what the buzz was, but is that what we're expecting, that, that he ends up at, at Arizona State? I think that's what people are expecting. It has not happened. But, man, how good will he fit in there with that blonde Macklemore haircut? Can you just see him right, with, that ridi- with that ridiculous haircut and a pair of Wayfair Ray-Ban sunglasses at a brunch in Tempe? <laughs> well, see, I, yeah, he is, he is very bro-ish. I thought he could fit in in Eugene as well. As sort of, he'd have to go a little more hipster. Uh, he's definitely in a, in a bro status now, but I, uh, the reason why, obviously we don't talk about the Pac-12 much, but here's why I wanted to bring it full circle here. If he, he's now on the market, Oregon needs a quarterback, and who did we see go to Twitter and openly campaign for an Oregon offer recently? None other than the man himself, Tate Martell, who's committed to Texas A&M. So... You have to imagine Oregon's out of options now. They, pa- I mentioned, they passed on all those other guys in favor of Kelly. Oh boy! I told you, talk, it's no joke down here, man. With the thunder, talk, talk about thunder, jeez. But, uh, but okay, so, in, in fairness' sake, Tate Martell, and I'm going to try not to be mean to Tate Martell here. He released a top whatever. And then with a subsection that said schools that I really like an offer from. And yes, Oregon was on that list. But so was like Duke and Hawaii. And it just seemed so just frivolous. Like, hey, my offer list isn't long enough. So, hey, these schools. Like, what, is he going to flip to Duke? Is that going to happen? Is he going to go to Hawaii? I, I, I don't know. I think he just like looked at his offer list and was like, huh, here are some schools that I haven't heard from. I wonder what that's like. I'm going to put them in a list and put this out on Twitter and see what happens. I, I, I here, with no inter, no inter, no interviews, by the way. Here's what I think happened. Um, I think what happened was he went out and uh, was choosing between Oregon, USC, and Texas A&M initially. If you remember right, yes. that seemed to be his final three. Oregon, though, was kind of out of the mix because they preferred Kelly. Like I said, that was the guy they've been waiting on. Uh, he chooses Texas A&M. In the meantime, Texas A&M loses their offensive coordinator. He leaves. Uh, the guy from UCLA goes to Texas A&M. He didn't seem to be the biggest Martell fan. I know he had been in, in, in contact with Davis Mills as well once he once he left because mm-hmm. you know he was recruiting him very hard at UCLA. So I think you know it, I think Martell might kind of see the writing on the wall in terms of hey I might be a better fit somewhere else now and that that might be Oregon and you know Texas A&M fans are probably kill us for this because you know they love Martell he's been the Pied Piper but sometimes you know the kids even though they decommit they're not doing it because they didn't want to go to that school it's just a situation where the school might end up liking some other guys more yeah no that definitely happens and you know there's nowhere to say what happened in this case with it's just I, I just I don't know I, the way that that came off with that list and a subsection of schools that I want to see offers from made me just dismiss everything about it. it was just like this is just some kind of ploy to, because he was bored. <laughs> like, so I just completely ignored it. Well, if I'm uh, you know if, if I'm a Oregon fan, I'm watching out for Martell. 
uh, you know, I, I guess he could compare favorably to somebody like Vernon Adams or something like that, the quarterback they just had in terms of guy who's not the tallest guy in the world but uh, can make some exciting plays. You know, the, the, the juries were definitely split on Martell in terms of, you know, the rivals of the national analyst team and how good we think he is and how good we think he isn't. But uh, we're all going to get a chance to see him play plenty against some really good competition this fall. So that wraps up uh, the quarterback carousel talk. That was that was quite a lot. We bounced from school to school. But they're all, as you can see, based on that discussion, they're all tied into each other. It's crazy to see how much... Uh, how much you know one position is so reliant on what other guys do that's why you know if you're a guy who's a you know a two-star or three-star you have to wait sometimes on some of these big guys to make their decision to open up a open up a spot for you yeah and then that's why quarterback recruiting goes in waves man like we'll have another flurry of this chain reaction stuff about three months from now yeah exactly so i I had on the rundown that we're supposed to talk about satellite camps i'm kind of i don't know about you but i'm so tired of talking about it yeah i'll just sum Um, it up uh satellite camps they're happening they're annoying uh three people will get offers from each of them and some handler will get very rich uh from holding them well not just handlers i have noticed on my timeline that uh, some of our competitors at uh, a couple other recruiting sites will be holding a satellite camp themselves uh, with coaches from all Georgia, Georgia Tech, Georgia Southern. That doesn't seem like a conflict of interest or anything, does it? <laughs> no, no, of course not. You know, that's everything's on the up and up there. Uh, I'm not. I didn't see so this, you, so I don't even know who I'm mocking now. But man, that's bad. okay. Well, you can guess who you. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Let's let's play ethical police. You, you, your job is to talk to kids about recruiting and report on recruiting. Okay. Yes. Then you decide I'm going to have a camp of which we have camps. Rivals has camps and full disclosure. We do camps, uh, you know, all over the country. They're free, uh, for kids to come. They're limited spots, obviously, because they're free. We give the kids a bunch of clothes. Uh, we get to talk to them. I mean, we're, we're we write stuff about them. We sell subscriptions. So we're not, you know, we're not, uh, completely out of the woods here, but these, this camp now, uh, my guess would be it'll be about forty bucks to uh, to get into it. Yeah, that's so fair. you're paying. So you're paying someone who's already making money off of stories and stuff like that. Now forty bucks. Not to mention, you're talking to these people who are now dealing with college coaches working at their events. So seems like an interesting dynamic. Uh, I'm surprised the NCAA hasn't had something to say about that. I mean, you can't just when, when you get money involved in something, things get a little dicey. Yeah, it's forty but forty bucks a pop, by the and way. And there's no so. limit on it. Like that's what I was saying. Uh, I think I was looking at one in California, and I, they're the same the same way, and I, all over the country. I don't know who was holding it, but it's like Michigan's holding a satellite camp in California. And it's like everybody, the flyer says, everybody welcome, $40 a head. 400 kids are going to show up at this thing. They're going to pay their money. Michigan may not offer any of them a scholarship. Michigan isn't going to get a dime of this money. Uh, no, they're not getting any free gear, I don't think. I, somebody behind the scenes here, just by knowing college coaches, is getting a lot of money <laughs> based on one weekend or one day of work, you know? Well, you know, you can't knock the hustle, Rob, as they always say. Uh, I'm in the wrong business is what it is. You watch. As soon as I get fired, I'm going to become a handler. Oh, yeah. Well, you and I will have matching track suits <laughs> that we'll wear in 100-degree weather. For sure. the, hand, the handler's starter kit. 
Yeah, like the uh, velour velour jumpsuits that uh, are definitely, definitely, and with that headset, that headset that goes around your neck, the Bluetooth, the yeah, Bluetooth you one. Gotta have one of those. <laughs> All right, so let's just jump in uh, now to ransom recommendations. Uh, I guess we just complained about satellite camps, which, by the way, the NCAA called me today. Uh, uh, one of our friends working over there to ask me about camps, and I, I let it be known. I said, if you guys try to hassle me at any of these things, it's going down for real. I said, I'll pull my journalist card. Like, you can't keep me from talking to people on a college campus, okay? This is a public, especially a public university. Uh, so I let it be known. So I let it be yeah, known. That's just a, uh, I fired a couple of warning shots at the NCAA. I am having a nice lunch with our friend from the NCAA in the next, uh, in the next few weeks. Okay, well, like I said, he, he's been he's been forewarned, so I expect a united front from you. Uh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> being a former journalist yourself, <laughs> so uh, I wanted. To, let's see, I got a couple. I guess I'll start. I wanted to complain about something. I've noticed a disturbing trend. We've already talked a little bit about people saying adulting, which uh, is really annoying. I've noticed a trend in recent months with people calling Friday, Friday. <laughs> God, I, I have not seen this, and thank God. You know, I tell you what, my life has gotten. I'll get to that in recommendations. But man, I have not seen this, and I'm so happy that I have not seen this. Now, listen, people saying it's so F R I dash Y A Y Fry Yay. So uh, I don't even want to say why I hate it so much. I mean, you can just tell in my voice that it's a brutal thing. Don't say it, please. Just say it's Friday. <laughs> Man, I'm, I, adulting is worse, though. I mean, that's just... Well, yeah, adulting is horrible. But uh, So that's my rant. Do you have a rant, or do you want me to just do my recommendation and you go? Yeah, I don't have a rant. I only have a recommendation, so please, by all means. Okay. All right, my recommendation is uh, to watch Silicon Valley. Season 3 is now on HBO. Uh, very entertaining show. Really relatable for us, uh, who, Yahoo, of course, uh, Rivals is owned by Yahoo, a tech company. So uh, it's definitely funny. Of course, it's from the same guy who did uh, who did uh, Office Space, Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill, etc. So uh, I have not seen the show. One? I have not seen the show, but I get a text from a somebody that works at our company recently talking about the show, and he said that our old boss Eric Winter, who now works at UFC. That there is a guy on the show that is basically Eric Winter. Uh, hold on, uh, I'm, I'm trying to find the guy's what? name because we had a conversation about it. He told me that the character's name is Russ Hanneman. <laughs> mm. I don't know. That might be offensive to Eric to be compared. Could be compared to Russ. Somebody did say uh, whoever that was. I can't even remember who it was. Actually, said the same thing to me. There are a lot of similarities, though. I can tell you between. Uh, some of the stuff that happens, you know, obviously we're not involved in the day-to-day at Yahoo, but I think there's a lot of similarities there. It's a very funny show. I highly recommend You should watch it. I mean, you could bust it out on HBO Go or Now or whatever it's called. So it's season three. It's only 10 episodes. You can catch up quickly. So, uh, all right, Rob, what's your uh, what's your big uh, recommendation this week? Well, I had mentioned that when you – or I had mentioned when you were referencing Frayer – uh, that I had not heard it. And you know why I think I have not heard it? Because your boy deleted... Because your boy, as you know, is not on Facebook. I recommend deleting your Facebook. You know what you get when you delete your Facebook? You don't get people from high school's annoying political rants. You don't get fry 
you don't see people talking about adulting. And you know why? And you know, the, the biggest thing you don't get, you don't get grandmothers that you haven't talked to of other people in five years inboxing you and trying to sell you a pyramid scheme. That is what you don't get when you don't have Facebook. And that was the, that was the straw that broke the back there for me was I was already sick of it and wanted to delete it. When this random grandmother of an athlete that I covered in my first newspaper job years ago inboxed me trying to get me involved in a pyramid scheme, I snapped, man. I was like screaming at the wall, deleted Facebook in a huff, have not been back. I'm a happier person. I don't I don't see Friday because there is no Facebook in my life. You're gonna see now that I've pointed it out, you're you're totally gonna see people saying Friday. Where am I gonna I see it? Have... I'm never gonna see it. My Twitter feed is carefully constructed full of intelligent people and high school recruits. <laughs> so and I feel like the Friday the Venn diagram of Friday does not include either of those groups. If you have a high IQ and are interesting, you're not saying Friday. If you're a high school recruit, you are too cool to be saying Friday. I'm never going to see this. No, I'm going to send you screenshots. Of Thanks. You're a true friend. People saying Friday just so you get the full experience. So that that wraps it up for this week. We're going to actually start try to start doing more episodes when we can. I think uh, we're going to be traveling a lot together. We got all kind. Of, we're going to start doing more of the interview series. That seemed to be a good good thing for us. So uh, be sure to subscribe on iTunes. That's uh, the best way to find us. Leave us a rating. You can tweet at us at Rivals Podcast. Of course, I'm at Rivals Woody. Rob is at Cassidy underscore Rob. So uh, another week in the books. Of course, a big birthday shout to uh, our boy, M. Deuce. It's his birthday today, the day we're recording this. Hey. Uh, so I used... Yeah, how about that? I don't know how old he is. I think I would I would wager he's 33, uh, which, uh, of course, you know, this is his uh, Jesus year. So big, sh- big shout out to you. M. Deuce, Deuce exists uh, in my head as more of like a uh, state of mind than an actual person. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, M. Deuce will play us out with a little uh, birthday-themed uh, lowrider weather, I believe is the name of this song. <laughs>